recorded live. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be across the nation or around the world. Once again, you're listening to the VMware Communities Roundtable podcast. This is podcast number 399. My name is Eric Nelson, and with me today I have my co-host, John White. John, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. Hello, everybody. I, I just want you to know that this is not the easy listening uh, <laughs> session of the Communities uh, Roundtable podcast. We are uh, broadcasting, and there's a, a film crew outside of our podcast studio, so... We don't know what they're doing. Um, There's like 20 people right yeah. outside it. I thought we were really special at first. I thought, wow, they, they've come to film us. But mm. no, they're mm. just using the empty, the empty cubicles outside our, our podcast studio, which is the only reason we got this podcast studio was that the building was empty. Yeah. And so they gave us a spot over here. I rounded the corner. I saw the catering. I was like, Eric, you really stepped up your yeah, game. Yeah, exactly. Then I saw the 20 or 30 other people and I... So we are trying to keep our volume down so we inter- don't inter- interfere with the 20 people filming outside. But at the same time, I think we're good. So um, on the show today, we're going to take a look at VMworld and the VMTN V Brown Bag tech sessions. They're going to be happening. We have uh, four or five people on the on the call today to talk about their sessions. I think there's 110 sessions happening at VMworld. Uh, these are community sessions done by community members. And the great thing about the community sessions is that community people get to set their agenda, right? And it's not set by the global VM world team that decides what talks are going to happen versus the other, all the other sessions that are selected. These ones are just submitted by the community, and we pretty much open it up to all community talks. We have a theater. We're going to be streaming. So on the show today, we thought we would showcase some of the more interesting topics that we saw in the 100-plus sessions that were happening. But before we get to the guests, which are all on the call, we will do a little bit of news. We have just some coming up. So mostly VMworld, if you haven't heard about it, it's in a couple of weeks. Um, registration is still open. You can go get yourself registered, as well as Europe is coming up a week after in uh, mid-September. So if you've been in a cave, get out, check out registration, and come visit us. Um, Corey, I, I see you're on the call. Some interesting news out of the VExpert program with regards to party. How's all that going? Hey, Eric, yeah, that's actually going fantastic. Uh, so, so far, we've got the party planned. Um, invites did go out to all the VExperts. Uh, we did know, notice that uh, they, they capped the invites. So, we are, uh, so if you're trying to re- register for the party and you can't, it says it's limited. Um, we are working on that. Uh, I'll send out another communication as soon as we open additional um, slots, but that party will happen August 29th from 7, 8, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. And uh, all the invites are out. Like I said, if you're missing one, shoot me an email and uh, we'll open up additional slots um, as soon as we can. Yeah, I know that we've, we've been monitoring that, that number and I know that we're going to open up another 100, right? So, right. Um, just on that, it's just getting, getting the logistics and opening that up. I think we've got like 50 or 60 people on the waiting list now. So, uh, we'll yeah, open, open that up and get everybody in. So, don't panic if you're on a waiting list. We'll, we'll open up another 100 slots and hopefully we'll get everybody to the party. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we will have shuttle good. service as well. Just wanted to mention that uh, we'll have shuttle service from the hotels to the to the party and back. Yep, great. And uh, speaking of parties, I know there's going to be one in Europe for V experts, but there's a lot of other gatherings going on. Uh, Blogs.vmworld.com/slash/vmworld/slash/gatherings. 
is a external document that we maintain. Uh, you can add your own events to that. I think there's like 50 or 60 external events that are on the gatherings page now, and there's a lot of stuff going on. So if you want to check out what's happening in the evenings that aren't associated with the VMware event calendar, go check out blogs.vmware.com slash VMworld slash gatherings and see all the gatherings going on day by day, and they have the URLs for signups and how to get more information for every one of the gatherings that are there. So if you haven't been to VMworld, the gatherings page is something you want to actually go check out because a lot of the evening activities are documented there. Other things that are happening, the hackathon um, is still going strong. I think we've had 125 people sign up just to be guests, just to watch the hackathon. Oh, I know that they've got 10 teams identified for the hackathon with different subjects from Wavefront to uh, Alexa programming to Power CLI. So they've got teams set up. I think there are maybe 70 people registered for the event. I think we have slots for 150, 10 teams of 50, 15 people each. So if you haven't uh, signed up to join us at the hackathon, you should. It's catered, so we're going to have food, and we're going to go uh, sessions, training sessions happen from 6 to 7.30, and then a break for food, and then 8 till midnight to write code. Nice. I, I, I think that there are definitely slots available for people with no previous programming experience as well. So yeah. uh, don't let um, a lack of you know Python or something right. uh, keep you from signing up. If you ha- if you see one of the projects and one of the teams and you find it you know compelling, yeah. uh, just raise your hand. And and most of the you know hackathons in previous years, everybody's at the table. Uh, there's a couple leaders. There's a team lead per table per team, and the team lead you know knows a lot about coding, knows a lot about the the, the topic that they're forming a right. team on. So they're going to come with ideas, and you're going to help but you don't have to be the best coder or even know how to code to learn some stuff about what's happening. Right. Right. Um, And we still have open slots and we will probably will continue to have open slots. We are going to run a hackathon in Europe as well. So watch for that announcement and we'll get those sessions live as well. You can book that stuff in schedule builder. It's right there. Okay. So, So looks good there. Lots of, lots of activity there. I don't think I have any other news. There's a been a couple of uh, release announcements. There's, these are just point releases on vRealize Operations Manager uh, 6.6.1 that that went GA uh, yesterday, and there is a new version of uh, another point release on uh, Power CLI, uh, but nothing major, um, as probably absolutely nobody is surprised at. Yeah, uh, ahead of VMworld. And- that's right. I think the the releases start to dribble out now over the next two weeks, depending on operationally how they can get releases out. So right. if you think about it, there's ops people that have to deal with releases and updates to websites and mm-hmm. turning the crank to get your releases out. So we've entered that quiet phase where there will be releases that come out that nobody talks about so that they're out for when they talk about them at VMworld. Yes, yes. Yeah. So expect that to happen. Um, Katie mentioned that the VMworld Europe Hackathon just went live today, or and the session numbers for that are VMTN 6736E and VMTN 6735E. So interested in coming to Europe and want to join the hackathon, uh, those went live, and you can go register for those as well. All right. Well, getting on to to some cooler business, um, we're gonna we're gonna talk about V Brown Bag uh, and the tech sessions that are going to be happening at the VMTN Community Booth. 
uh, excited to have that. And the first guest we have on is Radia Perlman. Uh, Radia, are you on the call? Yes, I am. Hey, Radia, thanks for joining. I assume just by talking to you, you're from Dell. Uh, this is probably your first VMware community podcast appearance. Is that right? Yes, and my first VMworld. Oh, fantastic! Ooh, exciting! Yeah, this is uh, this is great. It's kind of fun to you know be part of the the Dell experience now and Dell team because we are seeing a lot of Dell interaction going on, right? Absolutely. So, um, great to ha- great to have you in the ecosystem uh, coming. Um, and it, there's a couple things that I got to ask you first, right? Uh, Radia, what a name. You told us a little bit about it before the podcast started. Do you want to give us some, where do you get the name Radia? Aside from Uh, your parents, what's the story behind that? Well, it was only from my parents that I got the name. But they um, wanted it to start with an R um, because I was being named after my grandfather and apparently only one letter is needed. And then they played with a Scrabble set and they stumbled across R-A-D-I-A, and they think of it as being, you know, sort of reminiscent of radiant and radar and radius. Nice, nice. Very, very that's a, a totally cool name. And, and, and I want to say geeky name, too, but I don't want to hurt your feelings. So it's a beautiful name. Uh, <laughs> but I like the history behind that. Your parents sound, to be, sound like they're awesome. Um, your talk, Blockchain, Hyperhope. Um, what can you tell us about what, what blockchain? I've heard a lot about blockchain. Why don't you give us a little summary of what blockchain is and what you're going to be talking about? Well, in general, um, um, buzzwords and hype kind of drive me crazy. And I mm. really believe in critical thinking and clear thinking. Um, so blockchain is this um, buzzword. And... Um, it is amazingly hyped. People assume that it has certain magic properties and then assume that if they can um, use it for certain applications, that it is the best possible solution. So um, in this talk, I will explain what properties it actually has, which is very difficult to um, get from you know, most of what's written about it, which is just hype. Um, and explain how traditional things like digital signatures are sort of a a far more secure and efficient means of sealing the data. Um, And um, right, so I I will talk about what the actual properties of it are and um, other kinds of solutions that should be considered. How did you how did you find yourself um, talking about this this subject? Like, are you uh, security? Are you data? Uh, how did you how did you get into the space? Oh well, I um, you know have a long history in the industry of network protocols and security protocols, and in particular, I have two books uh, that are sort of popular textbooks. So right now, I'm working on a third edition of um, the security book, which is called Network Security, Private Communication in a Public World. When I do an edition, I basically rewrite the entire thing. So I was um, adding a chapter about electronic money, at which point I had to really understand the, the insides and the properties of blockchain. So um, mm-hmm. um, I was actually one of the early skeptics on 
blockchain, kind of once I realized its properties, it was like, whoa, I feel like Alice in Wonderland. Why is every, you know, what am I seeing that nobody else seems to be seeing? Is there, you know, whatever. Um, now there's getting to be more and more skeptics. So, um, but I still think it's important, not just for um, engineers that have been told that this is a revolution in computing and any forward thinking engineer should be building everything on blockchain in the future. Um, uh, but aside from blockchain, I want to get people to um, think critically. And instead of saying, here's a solution, can we apply it to this problem? Instead, start with the problem and say, um, okay, let's focus on what we need for this problem. And now let's look at different kinds of technologies and choose the best one. That sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is quite interesting. I, I think that that critical thinking component seems to be missing sometimes. And, and there, you're right. There is a lot of hype. So I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm going to try to, to attend that session. Definitely. I, I, I've had several friends who suggested that I, uh, invest in, uh, Various blockchain based uh, currencies, but almost no none of my friends uh, tell me to do currency speculation and other uh, actual physical <laughs> currencies. It's a really weird. Thing. Yeah, it, as soon as it as soon as it goes digital, it, it all of a sudden becomes <laughs> something that we all must participate in because right. we're we're digital people and therefore we should be engaged in digital currency, which right. is like the furthest thing from anything I know about. Exactly. So, are right. they using so blockchain? Yeah. Whether the technology is a good fit for most applications is a different question than can you make money by buying bitcoins and hoarding them? Will the price yeah. of bitcoins go up? That It right. may. Um, also, throwing you might make a lot of money from this by um, using the buzzword in front of venture capitalists that may make you be able to get a lot of funding in. So what I concentrate on is the actual technology and the uh, properties of it. I don't sort of get into whether it's a good investment, uh, a Bitcoin specifically. Right, exactly. And blockchain is being used. Uh, you know, I've seen it around for other applications, right? And I think that's your point. Uh, right. So my final question before we let you go, because we're just here for a couple minutes to give you some exposure and just actually meet your radio. It's it's great to it's great to hear you on the on the podcast and get to know you guys. Um, thanks for taking the time to do a talk like that. Um, my question is: Is it hype or is it is there hope? <laughs> But what's the one-word answer instead yeah, of going to the uh, one-hour session? Yeah. Which, which side do you fall on? <laughs> Mostly <laughs> You're our kind of people. Right. There you go. Well, uh, Radio, thanks for dropping in. Um, uh, looking forward. Do you know what day your session is on? Oh, geez. I think it's August 29th. I think it's Tuesday. Tuesday. All right. Well, look for it. Um, a lot of the sessions are filling up, but it's in Schedule Builder. So Radia Perlman, R-A-D-I-A Perlman, you can search on her and sign up for the session. Come by and say hello if you've heard this podcast and come meet Radia. Radia, thanks a lot for being on the show. Nice to meet you virtually, and I'll see you uh, at the theater, and I'll say hello myself. Right, thank you so much. Yep. Next, next on the show, we have another uh, V Brown Bag VMTN Tech Talk uh, author, Justin Sider. Justin, are you on the call? Yes, I am. 
hey, Justin, nice to meet you. Thanks for coming, talking. We're going to just click through some 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 of the authors here or and and speakers and just talk about that. So you've heard me talk to radio already. So I'll, I'll do the same thing with you. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long you've been uh, hanging out at VMware, VMworlds, and the VMware ecosystem? Are you brand new? You've been there for a while. Uh, clearly, you're doing a talk on Power CLI administration with a Windows Docker image. So that would indicate to me the fact that you're on Power CLI that you've been around for a while. I have. Uh, so first, thank you guys for having me on your show. Appreciate that. Um, I've been using VMware for probably a decade or more. Uh, been to five VMworlds over the past probably seven or eight years. Uh, active in the community for, you know, the VMTN guys, probably about two years, uh, you know, trying to give back and, uh, you know, help people with, with the knowledge that I've learned over the past few years. Um, what else? Nice. What else? Nice. You asked me like 17 questions right there. I'm not sure I can remember them all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's basically like, <laughs> who are you? Where do you work today? Uh, I work for a company called Belay Technologies. Uh, mainly okay. supporting a large Java application. Okay, cool. And uh, where, where, where in the world do you reside? Right around Baltimore, Maryland. Justin from Baltimore, Maryland. Cool, good. So your talk, Power CLI administration with a Windows Docker image. Um, I I can guess what that is, but why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So first, it's kind of uh, started out as like a pet project for me. Uh, we, you know. We have developers that are using Java. They want to move to uh, using containers. And, you know, I kind of wanted to get ahead of the curve, right? I wanted to experience sure. what they were to experience. But I really wasn't heavy into the Linux world. I mean, I can get in there. I can do my job. But, uh, you know, to play with, I'm always going to default back to Windows. So, so that's what I did. Nice. And I support a large VMware infrastructure. Uh, and we were going through migrations at the time. So... You know, Docker does a great job of isolating your environment and being able to have different versions of PowerCLI, different versions of scripts sitting on, uh, you know, VMs is great, but VMs are going to take up a lot more space. I have to patch them. Uh, so using images or uh, containers was, you know, a great step in the right direction. That makes sense. Um, how long did it uh, take you to kind of come up to speed on, on Docker and then figuring out how to make a, a Windows image that, you know, you could just pull down and use Power CLI out of that? How much time did you spend educating yourself? Uh, I, honestly, it was only a couple of nights. Um, you know, th the tricky part is when you actually start building your image, there's uh, some tips and tricks I'll kind of review in my talk about, you know, how to not make, you know, the original Windows Docker container image which is probably around like nine gigs. And you know, right. there's a couple of places where I'm playing around and all of a sudden I'm at 15 gigs. And uh, you know, that makes it a little more difficult to kind of ship around, you know, to potentially different countries for other coworkers to use. You know, at that point I might as well just send a VM. Right, right, right. So, so some, some tricks on how to trim, trim that image and, and get it, get it smaller. Um, sounds good. Right. Justin, what was the uh, what do you think was the uh, the background that you had that that made this adjustment um, uh, successful for you? Uh, if other people are looking to kind of make uh, move in that same direction, uh, so you know, I wasn't necessarily sold on the Windows image. Um, you know, in my spare time, I was working on building an application that was going to help me in my day job. 
and I had a requirement to uh, use a MySQL plugin. So that kind of drew me down the Windows path, other than the fact that I've you know, been a Windows guy for over a decade. So it was, a, it was an easy transition for me. Uh, once I got through the quirks of understanding you know, how Docker worked and really get into like, the versioning controls, uh, it was, it was, it's not difficult at all. Right. So when you're covering this, do you think the, you're covering more about making the, uh, a, a Docker image with Windows, or is it what you need to bundle up uh, to, to enable Power CLI? So uh, this presentation is more about my experience as I transitioned from using VMs and managing uh, VMs for a large team across you know, the country, across the world, and how to keep uh, our platform, our administration platform in sync to uh, using the Docker images so that I can now just have, have users, you know, run free commands and, you know, they have a stable environment that is clean. You know, we don't have the problem of, well, I want to go from version 5 to PowerCLI 6, uh, but, you know, how do I make sure I'm on the right version? You know, Docker removes that question. Hmm. Okay. I really like that, the, just kind of the getting out of the way of the, the actual task that you're trying to do, right? Which is right. probably nothing to do with the, the underlying container that you're, you're, you're running your application in. Right. I mean, you know, debugging scripts and potentially anything in your environment that could be causing a problem is, is one, one thing. So having a stable, clean environment to run those scripts from uh, Make getting to the uh, the root cause of a problem even faster. Very nice. Very nice. How many VM worlds have you been to uh, so far? Uh, I think this will be my fifth. Ooh, exciting! Nice, nice. Do you have? Uh, are you on Twitter, Justin? I am. All right. At Let's hear it. S I D E R. So J P Sider. Cool. J.P. J. Paul Sider. J.P. Sider. S-I-D-E-R. All right. Cool. Pick up some followers and listen to the podcast. Hopefully we get you some followers. Good Good deal. Yeah, I'm also, so I'm also leading a team for the uh, hackathon on, a, on another project I'm working. So, uh, you know, I encourage folks, like you said, it's, it's really a great time. And, you know, it's as much a learning experience as it is a coding experience. So, you know, folks shouldn't be shy or scared to, to come participate. All right. What, what's the, what's your team going to be uh, working on? So I, I've uh, authored a uh, application to put a basically a front end UI on Vester. Vester is a Power CLI uh, project that you know validates uh, VMware infrastructure. Uh, it's all command line driven for the Vester guys. So I wrote a uh, UI where they can point and click and get results uh, in in a shareable way, right? So I can set up a single server where folks can run tests from, everybody can see the results versus it being a one-on-one type situation. Nice. Oh, that is nice. Yeah. Um, Great. So people that are listening, there you go. Another cool idea. What are you going to write it in? Is it HTML5? What's your your GUI code base? It's a combination of PowerShell and the WAMP stack. So... Uh, mainly PHP and, and some HTML. So I, I try to keep it system administrator friendly. I don't want to get too complicated on folks. 
because for me personally, I have junior guys and I have senior guys that I work with. So throwing something in like Angular, I, I think I would lose them. Right. Yeah, you would you would definitely lose me. I, I can, yeah, can't do Angular, right? And especially when Google changes Angular, you know, APIs. I learned Angular 1.0 and 1.1, and then they went to like whatever the 2.0 is, and now I'm lost. So. Cool. That's good. PHP, um, go go check out the hackathon. He, uh, Justin's got a team. You can join that team if you want. We still have slots, and we're feeding everybody. So Monday night, uh, what I like about the hackathon, Justin, from my perspective, and I appreciate you doing all the work to do that, is that uh, I'm not a let's-go-get-drunk-every-night kind of guy, and I like like the old Usenixes of the world where you actually went to sessions all evening and you know hung out and eat pizza and talked about tech stuff and to me, the hackathon is one of those one of those things, the throwback things of you know you're just not going to another party. You're going to go hang out and be social and meet people, but you're going to actually have a purpose, right? That's somewhat intelligent. So really like that. Yeah. So thanks for coming on our show and thanks for for doing a team on the hackathon. That's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, last year was a great experience, and this this idea is actually a carryover from what we worked on last year. That is not where we started at all. So you know, it's a great great, great place to to grow ideas too. All right. Well, Justin Sider, thanks for coming on the community podcast, and we'll see you at VMware, VMware, VMworld, and hopefully uh, other people will come by and say hello, too. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Okay. Thanks. All right. Moving on. The next tech session, VBrown tech session in the VMTN theater in the hang space this year. Everything's booked up. Uh, next, next guest, Simon. Simon and Hans, uh, how to describe NSX to your grandmother or slash chicken. Uh, are you guys on the call? We are indeed. Yep. Fantastic. I threw the chicken in there just because Hans is, 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 is part of this. And if you don't know Hans, you got to say chicken. Uh, so, Simon, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, how long you've been at, around the VMware ecosystem, and what do you do for a living so people get to know you, and then we'll talk about your, your session. So, I've been doing the VMware thing for, I don't know, since about 2002. Uh, with channel partners, with customers, and then uh, I joined the F5 Alliances team on their VMware-facing alliance for several years, and then I came over to mm-hmm. VMware nearly four years ago. Uh, now I'm on the Alliances team at VMware facing the NSX uh, technology uh, partners, which is the security and operations partners for NSX. Um, and then prior to joining this team, a year or so ago, I was on the LiveFire team at VMware, uh, which is where I know Hans from. And LiveFire is this crazy, intensive five-day class where you cover the entire VMware product set in five days, which was just crazy. Um, and as part of that, several years ago, one of the things I was asked to do was to come up with some introductory NSX material, uh, which I did on paper. And then Hans took that and turned it into a highly entertaining whiteboard and then we took that and said oh we could do this at VMware internal tech summit which we did we did it in a couple in a 90-minute session a couple of times and then uh, from there we did it as a 60-minute thing at another internal training camp um, which was highly entertaining as we were doing a 90-minute session in 60 minutes so it got very crazy and uh, in the first time we did it I think 
we did the whole 60 minutes and then got cut off and we hadn't actually got to NFX yet because we were that crazy. Um, <laughs> so now we're going to attempt to do it in 30 minutes, so it should be even more entertaining and manic. <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're lucky you got 30 minutes because some of the sessions are 15 and some are 30, so you're lucky you actually picked up a 30. You know. Oh, wow. Maybe grandmother's... Grandmothers listen slow, so you need we 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 granted you the extra time, right? So you could speak slower. <laughs> Hans, um, I'll do the same thing for you since you're also here and you're part of this session. How long have you been at VMware, and what do you do these days? Um, and tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I, I should start with my grandma voice because I've been around uh, for so long. Um, No, I've been with VMware since 2000, so 17 years, um, virtual caveman, if you will, and um, several roles from tech support to instructor to system engineer um, to something, cloud architect, I think, something like that. Um, When people say, what do you do at VMware, I I just say yes, um, because there's many interesting things that I've been able to do there. Uh, One of those things being the live fire team uh, with Simon, um, another one, just a side note, I was involved with Hanson Labs for nine years on the core team um, as we developed those from uh, 2005 forward. Um, but uh, back to the live fire thing with Simon, we got into doing you know, the hardcore training of how all the pieces of the solution fit together. And at some point, um, me being a general specialist or special generalist, as I like to call it, um, you know, being spread amongst many things, um, I started to focus on NSX, and uh, Simon took me under his wing um, amongst some other NSX experts. And um, one of my pet peeves is V101, going back to V101, virtualization 101, over and over again for uh, not just our partners whom we teach in LiveFire, but our customers. Um, those customers being anybody from uh, you know, highly technical people to non-technical people, um, because we often run into a scenario where, um, you know, we'll talk for a while about the technology and then realize we've just gone way over their head too quickly, and we have to go back to basics and 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 re-describe things to level set, then get to the technology. And I know uh, all of us have run into that scenario often with our stuff. So most of us are familiar with virtualization. Uh, at, from a processor and memory standpoint, virtual machines, because that's been around for so long. But when virtual networking came out with NSX, I decided to take the expertise that Simon had and, the, 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 and, and turn it into basic plumbing. Um, and so that's the idea behind the presentation. Um, you know, we uh, figuratively named it how to pre- present NSX to your grandma to get that point across that we want to be able to describe NSX in a way that allows you um, to understand the basic concepts, um, and in a very short time frame we have, as Simon and I were, were discussing, um, basically give you the methodology for how to understand it and then explore yourself and learn it down the road. Yeah, I, I know that I, I struggled with that for a little while, and I did finally get a whiteboard pitch that I could just kind of draw it and say, look, you know, x86 hardware, you know, here's network typology, here's how we've done networking, here's how we can do networking. Um, it, it, it can be done. I've always wondered how accurate my my whiteboard pitch is, my five-minute whiteboard pitch. So it, I, I can't wait to actually see how you guys do it because I'm sure I have any accuracies in my 
understanding and then how to articulate it in a simple manner, which is kind of tricky when you're talking about networking technology. Oh, yes, it is. So so one of the angles I, I like to take on this or the, that Simon and I take is uh, Simon's the, the, you know, the, the PhD in networking and I'm the, the virtual networking plumber. Um, and, the, and the idea behind that is to um, help our audience understand that we're not just pie in the sky. I mean, this is for people who also have developed their IT careers around teaching themselves what they need to know to be successful. So you have a bunch of IT people that weren't networking experts or who aren't networking experts, but they taught themselves enough networking to be successful. And now they need to learn this virtual networking thing. So how do we bridge that gap to, to pull them into um, you know, NSX? Have you seen examples where people that are kind of experts in virtualization compute uh, can actually make the leap and become smart enough to actually build out virtual networking? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's not a wildly disconnected set of skills. Um, it's just in many cases those people are missing some of the foundational principles um, so where we've talked when we've had the time is about layer after layer and sort of going back to, to the history of networking and the old thicknet cable and how that's you know uh, become 100 gigabit ethernet at the physical layer and as you go up the stack how TCP came to be and you know what IPX and SPX were and all this sort of stuff and touching on spanning tree protocol that Radia came up with and all this sort of foundational stuff that I as a CCIE had to learn many years ago um, but a lot of the people who were virtualization based came up from the server or operating system uh, right. side of things and, and didn't get that foundation so you know giving them some idea of the history of some of this stuff and where to look if you want to understand this um, it's, it's something that I feel is helpful. And Hans goes off on these crazy, you know, he can spend a week on Wikipedia and come back saying, oh, yeah, I went off to research this, and now I know all about the Romans. It's like, okay, great. So, you know, it's very easy to digress. Right. Yeah, and I, I asked that question because I grasp with it. I mean, I have spent some time doing exactly what you described, which is I go out and I look, got the network stack, right? And I started reading each layer again and trying to actually learn it. And once I started to do that, I actually, I actually thought, oh, this is not as complex as I thought it was, right? So Bingo. I found that it was digestible. Now, the gap that I have is, all right, I've started to learn the network stack now and what they do. And it makes sense now because I've had a long, long enough time in the industry to know what they're talking about when they describe each layer. And it's, it's actually fairly simplistic, right? How it applies to modern day networking now and how it applies to virtual networking, you know, I haven't, I haven't made that jump yet, right? So I th think your talk could be interesting in helping me yeah, go I mean, from I think that. That's where a lot of the history is interesting because I think it's interesting to know some of the politics of the OSI and why the OSI model doesn't align to the TCP model and how some of that came about because of different vendor models and the way Europe wanted to go versus the way things were actually happening in the US. Uh, and then similarly, you know, the, the way uh, LAN emulation happened on ATM in the 90s and the similarities that has the software-defined networking now and, you know, they're both trying to do the same stuff, which is emulate thicknet in effect as far as operating systems and applications are concerned, but they're doing it in slightly different ways and with a, you know, at, at very different points along the 
curve of Moore's law so they can achieve a different amount of stuff. So it, 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 uh, I find it fascinating. I think we, we, and we I might need a session. About it. But what we really need is a couple of days to talk about it. But that's an idea. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's my idea. My idea for your next session is uh, hang out with Simon for three days. Well, he talks about that. That's, that, that's what I want to do. How do I get on the Hans train? <laughs> well, and that's the fun thing about it, because Simon and I going back and forth. Um, it's that it's, there's a little bit of that tongue in cheek, but it is. It's, it's, it's going into the, the you know the serious layers of networking, and then taking that, and then and and turning it into something digestible or something. Um, uh, you know, how do you bridge the gap into virtualization? How do you take that function of net networking and turn it into something that's virtual? Um, and one of the fun tongue-in-cheek uh, things that we came up with was the concept of where is the brain? And this applies across all of virtualization. You take what, what is the function you're looking at? How is it achieved in a, in a physical sense? Where is the brain of that function? And then how do you virtualize that brain? Um, you know, how do you how do you stick it either in a hypervisor or stick it in uh, a virtual machine? And once you start looking at everything that way, then you start to realize that you know all these things that we're doing with virtualization, you can follow that same methodology, and you start having fun with that. Where's the brain? Nice. I think I like Simon's uh, description better, but uh, you know, it's okay. <laughs> 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 the brain got it check that makes no sense but uh, I'm, I'm with you I'm with you I'm going to start asking that question does that, does that brain go in a chicken that's what I'm wondering right? I'm <laughs> or sure. did it come out of a chicken <laughs> yeah. what else are you guys doing at VMworld we got another, another minute or two here we can spend with you uh, before we hit on to Tony um, so um, what else are you guys doing are you presenting other talks that you want to mention before we let you go um, I'll actually be at uh, the booth, one of the booths this year for the first time, um, doing um, NSX supporting uh, enterprise applications. Nice. So come to the VMworld booth. Yep. All right. Look for Hans. You'll be there. Uh, uh, Simon, you got anything else going on? Uh, I'm on the alliances team, so I have a bunch of meetings with technology alliance partners. Uh, so I'll be on the floor a bunch. Um, I think I'm presenting in some of their booths. Nice. Um, so I, I, I've got other things going on, and I'll be I'll be around. And I'm All right. So people, people, if if people want to follow you on Twitter, Simon, what is your Twitter handle if you're on? Uh, mine is sjh wilkes. Sjh wilkes. W i l k e s. So sjh wilkes. All right. There you go. Uh, we'll we'll do a shout out to you after the show ends. Thanks for that. And Hans, what are you? Oh man, I, I hesitate because uh, this is my personal Twitter, Twitter handle, and I actually have been very weak on Twitter. Um, but I will reveal it. It's uh, R Chicken Hans. And th th if you want to discover the chicken side of my life, there's there's some funny stuff there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I highly recommend if you're if you're in the VMware ecosystem and you haven't figured out how to follow Hans and the chicken world, um, definitely definitely you're missing out. And if you haven't gotten a chicken from Hans, you know you're gonna have chickens at VMworld this year. Oh heck yeah! As I yeah, call them, virtual of chickens. That's like a that's a no op question, right? No operation required. Uh, 
All right. Well, uh, Simon and Hans, I, I love I love the title. It got our attraction when we were looking at. Remember, folks, there's hundreds. If you're enjoying this podcast, listening to the community members come on and, and hear the different perspectives and who they are. Um, all of the VMTN sessions are in Schedule Builder. Uh, some of them, about 75 of them, are starting to fill up now. There's 110. Get yourself over and and come by. We're going to have a lot of people in the community booth this year because you know at least half of these sessions are completely filled. So right. you, it should be fun to come meet people, watch the sessions, and they're cool topics like this, which you know you don't normally get for, with regular sessions. So uh, Simon and Hans, thanks for coming on the show as always, and we'll see you at VMworld. Uh, last but not least, and maybe, well, before I get to Hans, I do have to shout out to uh, Gary Simmons. Gary Simmons is doing a talk on chat ops and bots, VMware uh, automation. Yep. Um, and I don't know if he's on the call or not, but uh, we're not going to ask, we're not going to talk to him about it yet because it's super secret and you have to come to the VMworld show to yeah, see what he's going to say about that. Yeah, yeah, we can. Actually, we yeah, can. Actually, is that is that? Just got a last minute approval to talk to you guys. Oh, fantastic! Ooh. All right, well, <laughs> Gary Simmons, you are no longer muzzled. So, welcome to the show. Um, love your title of your session. So, uh, we, and we do have time to get to both you and Tony. So, uh, we'll try to do that. Um, so, so Gary, tell us a little bit about yourself in like two minutes. Um, how long have you been part of the VMware ecosystem, and have you been to VMworld before? Yeah, this will be my uh, third time actually attending VMworld, and uh, I've been in the ecosystem for probably about 10 years now, um, just kind of automating and orchestrating uh, VMware platforms, and uh, me and another gentleman who couldn't be here today by the name of uh, Heath Bear will also be joining me in the presentation. I can't say a whole lot about uh, the company that I work for as of right now, but I can give you guys more details on, on what we're going to talk about. That that sounds cool. You know, we have been doing a lot of uh, speculation on ourselves around um, ch bots and the interaction between bots and V experts. And could I make Alexa be a V expert? That's you know, spent a little time you know programming Alexa to see if we could actually get Alexa smart enough to qualify to be a V expert. And what would that mean? Uh, so we saw your topic, chat ops and bots, uh, VMware automation, and we we, we thought that was interesting. Thought we'd have you on the show and to talk about it if you could. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you're going to talk about in your session. Yeah, and thanks again for, for having us. And uh, what we're going to talk about is uh, basically creating chatbots where you could go into a persistent chat room and essentially request information from that chatbot that will give you back reports and not only do uh, reporting but automation inside your environment. So if there were tasks that you do daily, uh, you could essentially incorporate this chatbot to do it in a persistent chat room where you could have the rest of your team or a cross-collaborative team sitting in this chat room and you guys could all get the information together and even troubleshoot uh, real-world issues inside one of these persistent chat rooms. So we've done a lot of work with uh, integrating PowerShell and PowerCLI uh, into the background, into the back end of this, uh, this chatbot that you can talk to. And, you know, pretty much if you know how to do anything in, in PowerCLI, you can incorporate it into this chatbot where you can say a simple command and the, the chatbot will uh, respond with uh, real live graph reporting or give you some information very quickly about what's going on inside your environment. That that sounds that sounds really cool. That that is uh, where the world is going. Um, what what bot platform are you actually using to create the interface? So as we started the 
developing this. It, it, it was supposed to be something that was just kind of a fun project, and we weren't going to really scale it out. We were just going to see what we were going to do. So we actually didn't do any bot um, you know, framework that kind of sits on the back end. It's actually all written inside of PowerShell, and that's kind of something we're going to go into. I did give a presentation uh, last year in the V Brown Bag booth uh, where I talked about um, entry level into Power CLI automation inside your, your VMware. I think the video is still on YouTube. Uh, but this year we're going to kind of elaborate on that video and show you how uh, you can do some more of these advanced features and stuff inside of uh, PowerShell and Power CLI. And we might be able to show off some of the Alexa stuff that we're doing here, uh, still going through the approval processes on that stuff. Very cool. Yeah, that, that, I'm really looking forward to seeing that, I think. Yeah, I have to juggle my schedule around just to right. uh, get some. Yeah, they actually uh, allowed us to do a half-hour presentation. It'll be on uh, Monday, the 28th. Uh, I think it's going to be right around one o'clock. Uh, I have to double-check that, but I think it's on Monday, the 28th. It's a uh, two to two thirty. Two to two thirty. We looked it up. And we said, "Whoa, another half an hour one!" Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your bots must go really slow. That's 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 great though. It's funny because the ones that we've selected here, a lot of them are half hour ones, right? right so right. that clearly if you have an interesting title, you must must get a half an hour out of out of uh V Brown Bag and Alistair. So good deal. Um got anything else going on at the show or are you just gonna come and uh, and, and hang and hang out and enjoy all the sessions? I'm probably just gonna come and, and hang out and a bunch of the sessions right now, but I'm always looking to uh, contribute more to the community in uh, any ways that I can, uh, try to publish code out there and, and things like that. So uh, look for so, that stuff. So, so Gary Simmons, um, why don't we do another shout out? Who is the, the, the name of the person that's also going to be talking with you? His name is Keith Bear. Keith. All right. Keith, Keith Bear. Keith with an H. Oh, Heath, Heath, that's right. Sorry, I know you told that to me earlier, but I didn't, I didn't put it in my, my, my notes for the podcast, so I missed that. Heath, um, and I, I take it Heath is not in the room with you right now. He is not in the room with me right now. He uh, had a conflict with another meeting. All right, all right, cool. So you, you don't have him sitting there muzzled. He's just not there. So, But Heath, <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 shout no. out to you too. That, it sounds really good, and, and, a, and a chat bot interface with PowerCLI, that's that's even better, right? That's 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 almost better than uh, doing it on like Amazon Alexa, right? So <laughs> all we have to do now is have a little uh, voice chip box that you can integrate that with, and you know we can we can sell you know five hundred thousand of those at Best Buy, right? Something like that. I'm, I'm ready when you are. Yeah, there you go. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> what are, are you, uh, Gary? I don't know if you're on Twitter or not. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people can't do that as part of their work environment, so. Are you on Twitter? If you are, we'll do a shout out to you. I, I, I am not on Twitter, unfortunately. Uh, part that of the makes work sense. environment. <laughs> yep, that's right. I know there's probably 40% of the companies that we do work with, community members. We actually have the experts that are not allowed to actually talk publicly because right. it's just part of their rules. But we also we give nominations to the experts for the work they do inside their company. So you know you don't have to be a social evangelist. You don't have to be on Twitter. You don't have to be external at all you know, because a lot of companies don't do that. And we still reward good community behavior and engagement and sharing. So uh, Gary, I appreciate you coming up with the session, doing this type of work. It's cool for sure. And thanks for joining us on the podcast. Um, and look forward to seeing you at your session. I'll be there all week, so I will definitely stop by Monday, 2 to 2.30, and I think your session number might be 6609U. And I'll be 
having me, guys, and sorry about the, the last-minute thing here. No, it worked out perfect. Thanks a lot for being here. I know how those approvals are, so I appreciate you taking the time to escalate to somebody at your company to let you come on our show. So uh, looking forward to seeing you at VMworld. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Okay, and last but not least, our very own community member who's always with us every week, Tony Foster, is doing a session, a VMTN Tech session, GPU Linux VDI. Right, so GPU v, Linux VDI. Uh, Tony, are you still around? Yeah, I'm still here. Fantastic, as Corey would say, fantastic. Um, so uh, you're you're going to be at VMworld this year. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are, how long have you been at the VMware ecosystem, and then we'll get into your session. So as I typically tell people, I've been virtualized since 2005, um, and this is going to be, I think, my ninth VMworld. I have to go back and count badges. Um, so very nice. Very been nice. doing this yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that uh, nine is getting up there. Uh, Tony Dunn said that I think he's done twenty-two now. So you're, he was on the podcast last week, but you're you're certainly up there, and you, you you're always part of the community. So it's great, and um, I'm happy that you you got on the list to do a tech talk. GPU Linux VDI. Why that subject? How did you get into the space, and what you talk about? So as a lot of people know, I'm a uh, um, sort of a VDI nut in the uh, virtualization space. Um, really enjoy working with it and everything. And one of the big things that I've loved um, and haven't been able to do a lot uh, until recently was building uh, Linux virtual machines, specifically uh, desktop uh, scenarios. And so a few advancements here and there, and poof, we can do Linux-enabled uh, VDI sessions. So no more having to pay Microsoft uh, licensing fees for uh, desktops. And when you start thinking about all of the uh, science applications and stuff out there that require GPUs, all of a sudden this starts uh, getting even more interesting. How do you want to render those graphs? Why do we want to put an expensive uh, desktop underneath somebody's desk so that they can render those graphs? Let's virtualize it. So right. that's, yes. that's what we'll be talking about. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that that is interesting. I know that you know GPU, you know load sharing and GP, you know consolidation of your GPU back at the server level is something that people have started to to work on now. And every year I see more and more presence at the show of that technique, right? Where they're actually you know bringing the bringing the the workloads back to the server and then streaming the content out to the 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 thin client, right? So that's what you're going to be doing, but you're going to be focusing on Linux. Yeah. And so we will get to see some new things that are coming. There are some announcements uh, in the coming weeks that will uh, tie into this uh, that will make it really exciting for people. Um, and then also you may get to see some uh, machine learning, deep learning as part of this as well. So doing some of that blockchain that uh, was talked about earlier on a virtual desktop why do we have to dedicate a, a single computer to it? Let's virtualize. Nice. Ooh, two buzzwords in one, blockchain, yeah. blockchain. and GPU. Oh, on VDI, that's right. that's the trifecta, I think. Uh, okay. Yeah. Now, one other thing, one of the questions I have is on on the GPU side of the house, 
are they still, you know, is the strategy, are they sharing a GPU? Or are you basically just putting enough GPUs in your server to handle, you know, the workload? Uh, and it basically you lock in your, your session to a, a GPU instance. Or are they actually load sharing GPU now? So we're not load sharing GPUs yet. Um, we're still uh, slicing the GPU up. So you have uh, 10 desktops. You have to have 10 desktops worth of GPU capacity in that box. Uh, right. Okay. However you Just want to look at it. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I wondered. That, that that has been it. But you know, there's reasons to do that. Centralized management of your hardware, right, is obviously one a very important one. And mm -hmm. and then people do that. Right. It's it, also not being tied to a physical machine, right? Um, if somebody has to look at a, a graph or a diagram or a, or a frame, uh, you know, rendering, to not have to, you know, hey, there's an emergency, do this on the weekend, you know, to not have to co come into the office to actually do it is a, is a huge advantage. Exactly. That and being yeah. able to uh, sit there, CEO goes, I got to give this demonstration and guess what? I don't have that computer. Somebody get me that computer. You take exactly. care of that uh, uh, problem real quick. Yeah. Centralized cost management. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Versatility of moving from point to point without having to worry about it. A uh, lot of lot of good things there. Uh, just makes people's desk uh, their their offices quieter because you just don't have some big absolutely. You know, desktop workstation sitting there buzzing away. Um, Security to have it be yeah. in the data center instead of on a laptop that that's traveling around. Sure. Sounds like a neat session. I'm looking forward to it. Do you know what day your session is? So my uh, session is Wednesday at uh, I believe 1:15. No, 1:45. So okay, perfect. And it's a 30 minute yeah. session too. Nice. As we're st we're still hitting pretty good, right? A thousand on thirty yeah, minute sessions yeah. here. And I got the session number here, VMTN six six three six U. So if you want to uh, catch Tony Foster, um, come by. And you know, part of the, the the idea of the VMTN sessions is one, they're interesting, quirky subjects. They're cool subjects. Um, but two, they're the community. So come by, say hello, and meet the community members that are making things happening and sharing content. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so Tony, thanks a lot. Do you have a Twitter handle that people can uh, follow you on? Of course. Uh, you can follow me on at wonder underscore nerd on Twitter. Or you can hit me up on my website, wondernerd.net. Perfect. Great, great. Um, so, Fantastic. Looking forward to seeing you there, Tony, as always. And thanks for always being on the podcast and giving us feedback on stuff for sure. One, and, and thanks for being on the show. One other thing, I, we have one other tentative guest, which I don't know if he showed up or not, Paul Woodward. So, Paul, I don't know. I don't, I'm looking on the chat. don't know if you're on the call or not. You were tentative. I'll do a quick shout out to Paul Woodward. He's doing a session. He tried to be here. He was tentative. He was going to be at a customer site doing an install. So he wasn't sure whether the install was going to be done in time to come visit us. So we told him we'd hold him to the end of the show, but I don't see him on the on the call. But he's doing a session, uh, two and a half free tools to help troubleshoot vSphere problems. So interesting subject because I'm curious what the half a tool was. Ooh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. intrigued. Two and a half tools, not two, <laughs> not three, two and a half. 
So uh, Paul Woodward, another community guy, yeah, going to do a session on that in the v, uh, v Brown Bag uh, Tech Talk series uh, in the VMTN Theater, which is in the VMware Village this year, as it was last year. Going to be very busy this year. We also have the, the blogger tables there. We're going to have posters and T-shirts, and VMware Code's going to be there with Hackathon. We've got some really super wild T-shirts from Code. So uh, that's another reason to come to the Hackathon. If you want to get one of the super wild T-shirts, uh, come to the Hackathon, sign up, because the shirt alone is going to be as – we had to run it by Robin Matlock to get approval for this shirt because okay. it is totally off-brand. <laughs> yeah, that we, have, we have to get all T-shirts brand approved now, and it was, it, was, it was stupid to even ask them to approve this. So we just went to the CMO and went, hey, we're doing this. You know, and, and she went, wow, that's you know, not my thing, but it's going to be a total classic shirt. I know it is. <laughs> so the, yeah, come by the, the, the village. Stop by the code booth. Stop by our entire booth. We got some really good gear this year, and um, we'd love to see you. And all the tech sessions are filling up, so there should be on every 30-minute interval all 56 people hanging out watching sessions. And to Katie Bradley, we are trying to figure out how to do standing room um, for the sessions because a lot of them are filled up. So if you see a session you like and you can't register for it, it won't go in your calendar, but you can still stop by because there's standing room in the right. in, in the village. Just, just some backward-looking uh, information. Uh, Radia Perlman's uh, session is VMTN6669U, and that's on Tuesday from 4.30 to 5. That's the blockchain hyperhope. And we already know that it, she's going to say it's at least 60% hype. Hype, yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, we're at the top of the hour. I hope you enjoyed uh, us just giving you a kind of a preview of some of these tech talks. As Tony Dunn would say from last week's show, there are also 350 excellent one-hour sessions that are going on at the show, and we don't spend enough time on them, Yeah, but they're going to be there. We're going to do a podcast at VMworld, we're going to have some of those people come on, talk about what's happening at the show. And uh, thanks to everybody who's doing sessions. We appreciate that. And thanks to the community for being being here and doing those type of sessions as well. I wish we could have all 100 people on and do a summary, but we just don't have time for that. But we, we can't wait to see everybody at the show. John, any last words? No, no. Um, it's uh, at vjourneyman and uh, vjourneyman.com. So definitely tweet at me if you're going to VMworld, and uh, maybe we can have breakfast. My uh, lunches and dinners are getting solidly booked. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's uh, right. But, uh, We're be... going to try to do some kind of big tweet up for everybody to come at one hour and just you know hang out and see everybody. But if you're not a V expert, why aren't you? And uh, then come to the V expert party, and it'll be the same thing. Absolutely. So, I might yeah. I might need to get one of those uh, side passes. And to end camp this show. The people, the 20 people that were behind us filming something have all left. Wow. Yeah, there you go. I think they're on lunch break. <laughs> Thanks a lot for everybody being on the sh uh, on the chat, live chat. You know, you can listen to us live or you can download us on uh, iTunes. If you've, you're listening to us, you obviously know how to listen to us. So this is redundant. But we had about uh, 25 people come into the chat today, so that's always fun. Always good to see people in and uh, – Say hello to us, and we'll see you again next week where we are going to be talking to Alan Renouf and uh, William Lamb about the hackathon. Nice.